Welcome to Beauty Uncut, the podcast. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ian. And we're here to bring a new perspective to health, beauty, and wellness. Well, today's topic will be about the way in which we approach skin conditions and is aging the skin condition? Yeah, you could look at it that way. Yeah, that. But before we get started, we have been setting up for this podcast for over an hour. We're getting ready to sit down and then Ian goes, I can't do it. I need a I need a like literally right as we were about to hit record. There he goes, slaps away. I actually wanted the coffee earlier and, and you know I did, but nothing was open. Nothing was open. And then I was like, okay, I thought you put it in your mind. You put it away. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You, were still, you were still wanting it. <laughs> yeah. So I, like many doctors, have developed a caffeine addiction. And I think it's, you know, it comes from the weird hours, the on-calls, the even back to uni, staying up to study. I think everyone has a coffee addiction. I think so too, but you don't. I don't, no. Which I was saying was weird because I feel like I have an addictive personality, mm. but I'm not addicted to coffee. Is it because you don't like the taste? It tastes like vodka. <laughs> Every time I've ever like sipped on it, I'm like, ugh, reminds me of a bad night mm. out. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a hot chocolate kind of galley. Actually, I'm not. I just, I don't know why I got this. I think you just felt like you needed to have I something. I needed something because you had something and I was like, oh, whatever, I'll get it. And then I was like to Ian, do you drink your drinks or do you eat your drinks? I drink them. I eat them. Like, look when I look when I do this. Like, I need to chew the liquid. Do you know the only time I do that is when I am wine tasting? You chew your wine? Yeah, because you have to, to get the mouth feel, you actually have to drink it differently from other beverages. So you it's not the like, same. You like swish, swish, bitch, and chug it down? No. All right. So let's jump into, I would say this is your favorite topic or my so? favorite topic to ask you. You're so good at explaining this. It's your philosophy. My philosophy. Not, it's not this or that, this and that, or multimodality. That's it. Yeah. And we've been talking about multimodality for The entire podcast. Months, yeah. Almost a year. Almost a year, yeah. literally to the day. But what I love about your approach to treating kind of anything out there is that it's not just one thing. It's not just one modality. It's not just, it's not even just two modalities. It's all about your modalities plus your home care, plus like your diet and your exercise and all of that together to treat exactly whatever you're treating. Exactly. Well, let's, let's talk about how patients approach us. And this is why I think we all started talking about multimodality in the first place is because people will come in and they'll say, I want to do a treatment. Yeah. And you offer all of these treatments, which one should I get? Yeah. And I find a lot of people will would be like, I just want to do the one yeah. and want these unrealistic results. When again, it's you can't just have one treatment and be done. It's multiple things plus ongoing maintenance as well. Yeah. For example, microneedling RF. I think people think that microneedling RF treats Aging, acne, fine lines, wrinkles, sagging, laxity, all of the above, and that they only need a course of treatments, which is like three to four treatments. But that's not right. You actually need to combine it with other things, plus have your maintenance. I think a lot of Mm. people forget about the maintenance treatments, which can actually be like every three to four months, you might need an additional one treatment. It's not like you go years without having those treatments. I think even we as practitioners and clinic owners and other businesses too, everyone forgets about the maintenance because you're thinking about 
how do I market this? Okay, this is my package. We've got a, this number of treatments. This is what I tell the patient. And then you just kind of forget about it yes. after that. Yeah. And say, well, that's your course done. See ya. That's it. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like you're really good at this. Whenever you treat anything and you tell us girls all the time, you're mm. like, you need to combine modalities. And so what I would love for you to tell our listeners is why. Well, I suppose. Could we start with maybe aging? Tell yeah. us why we yeah. need to use different modalities and what modalities we should be using for each different thing and why. Well, this is a huge topic. So I'll try and be very brief about it. And aging too, starting with aging, because aging is not just one thing. It's like the treatments, it's multimodality in how you age. There's not just one symptom. Can what, you tell us the symptoms and how we Yes. Yeah, so, so what I always talk about is initially it's going to be what you see, what patients come in for, and that's the lines and wrinkles because that's what shows on the outside. Yeah. But we're actually aging biologically from about the age of 25, you know, things start to go downhill. I know they go downhill. I can see my, I can see my face going downhill. So that's when you can really start to, I guess, treat internally to externally. Mm -hmm. Because at the age of 25, externally, you're probably not really I am. showing aging yet. Some, most people aren't. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, people age at different rates. But I think the most important thing for young people is to start treating internally. Mm -hmm. So would that be something like your diet, lifestyle, stresses, et yep. cetera, yep. Ex exercise and things like that? Absolutely. So I think all of those things that you're doing to yourself, which are, you know, poor diet, staying up late, you're not sleeping enough, you're uh, drinking a lot of alcohol. Are you attacking me right now? <laughs> all I, of that. You, you're just literally naming my yeah. lifestyle. Smoking, I, smoking. I do not smoke. No. No, but all of those vaping. things, vaping, yeah, yes. yeah, all of those things age you. So all the, the chronic stressors that we talk about that age you, ideally in a perfect world, you're going to stop doing those things because that's going to reduce the stress on your body and allow you to age slower. But I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Excuse you. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask people to stop doing the things that they enjoy that are potentially stressing them. Right. So I think you have to put that aside and say, what else can I do to treat? And it might come down to supplements. Yeah. So, so like collagen and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So collagen supplements, probably the easiest thing that you can do to treat internally at the start. There's also a supplement by VitaGlode called Antiox, mm -hmm. Antigeox, and we don't really talk much about it in our clinic, but that's actually really good for aging and mm. also glycation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the glycation theory of aging is just now coming into prominence, I think. And so people are realizing that we can treat this, we can slow things down on yeah. an internal level. The other thing we don't often talk about is NAD or NMN supplements, mm -hmm. which is huge in the anti-aging world. So right. there's a lot of people who are into the biohacking and longevity taking NMN, which is a precursor to NAD. Right. That's a naturally occurring substance in your body. And you do require that to keep the inflammation down. So as we age, our levels of NAD decrease. Right. And so, so if we increase them, it helps to reduce the inflammation. Yep. yep. Ah. Exactly. So similar, I suppose it would be a similar thing to what the antigeox is doing. Right. But combining them together would be even better. Yeah. I feel like as well, 
I, I'm in the industry, so I've always been concerned with aging. I mean, to age is obviously a great thing. Not everyone gets to do it. But if I'm going to age, I would like to age, you know, quite well. Mm. But I feel like if you're not in the industry, you almost get to a point where you get to your 40s and your 50s and you're like, oh, shit, like I've <laughs> aged and it's so hard to like kind of go back. Whereas if we start, you know, pre-treating our mm. aging – it's going to be better than when we get to 40 and 50 and have to like try and reverse those things. Exactly. Because when you get to that point where you haven't really done anything, your body's just, your body's reserves are looking after you. And then all of a sudden that can't handle it anymore. And that's when you start to get really sagging skin and you start to see the signs of aging. It's very hard to work it backwards there yeah. effectively. You can, you can do it with all of the treatments that we offer, but I think you're better off starting young and just slowing the whole process down. So would you say the perfect age to start this would be 25, like when your collagen levels start to deplete and things like that, like internally start treating at 25 and, you know, using your topicals and things like that. And then maybe in your late 30s, 40s and 50s is when you start those advanced modalities like, you know, microneedling RF, M-face, CO2 lasers and things like that. Yeah, I think so. I think from the age of 25, certainly with the, the internal treatments, the supplements, but also, you can have the more advanced treatments, just not as often. Right. I still think there's benefit in doing it. But let's say you get to your late 30s. I think that's when you need to start getting into a routine mm -hmm. and a program with those treatments. Yeah. So let's talk about treatments and the different levels of in your skin in mm. which you age and what modalities are great for them. Okay. So obviously with facial aging. Yes, got, facial aging. Yes. You, you've got the skin that you can see. So everyone knows about skin laxity, skin tightening. That's the goal. Deep to that, you've got subcutaneous tissue, so fat. And not only do you have a layer of subcutaneous fat just under the skin, you have fat pads in the face and they're separated into little compartments. So as we age, those fat pads start to atrophy and get smaller. So that's when you get volume loss. Deeper to that, you have what's called the SMAS layer, which is muscle. It's essentially a muscle layer it's muscles and ligaments and right. all of those together form a support structure. That's what allows us to move our face and have expression. This is what you're treating with toxin when you're paralyzing the muscle. Mm -hmm. That's that layer. Deep to that, bone. And so bone is obviously your foundation. Right. All of those layers need to be treated for an effective result. For like a holistic exactly. approach, right? Exactly. And I think Early on in cosmetic treatments, people were treating only a couple of those things. Yeah. I feel like anti-wrinkle and dermophila yes. are probably the pr still predominant, but I think people are now realizing you can't just keep pumping the face with yeah. toxins and filler without treating yeah. the rest of the face. And that's just within the industry. I think people are starting to realize that. I think the general public still very much doesn't realize, first of all, the difference between dermal filler and toxin yes, and what it does and that there is more than that. Because I, I know a lot of people, some of my friends included, who are resistant to any cosmetic treatments because they think it's poison. Yes, which it is and it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything so, in certain doses is poison. Exactly. Same with water. Yes. <laughs> so you said bone was mm. the bottom level. Do you start with bone or would you start with that layer above? It depends. It depends on the age you are when you come in. It depends on what you need. So bone resorption happens much later. Oh, okay. So unless you have, unless your skeleton is requiring it, for instance, if you're 
chin doesn't project enough. This is these are things you can treat with dermal filler. Yeah. To adjust the skeleton to a certain degree. So you're kind of more changing the facial structure. Yes. But in terms of like the jowls and mm. the laxity and all of that, you would yeah. start at the. I would start a level up. Right. Which is the muscle layer. Okay. And so what treatments can you treat with that muscle layer? So really, there are only two that I can think of in the industry that are, are widespread. Number one is the M-Face, which we have. So that's high-fez technology that stimulates the muscles to increase the resting tone. So it contracts the muscles essentially like a workout. They call it the, the gym for your face. When you increase the resting tone of those muscles, everything tightens up again. So if you imagine a rope hanging between two poles and it's low sagging. down, sagging down, and you pull it tight, it becomes tall. Right. right. And that's what happens to those muscles. So it is improving visually when you look at your face, it's improving the like volume loss and laxity or? It improves the volume loss by putting the fat pads back where they're supposed to be. Because right. not only do those fat pads atrophy when you age, the ligaments get lax as well, and then they descend. So I said this the other night, gravity is our worst enemy. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to fight with this by tightening up those muscles. Lifting everything back yeah. up to where it yeah. should be. Yeah. And you've seen the results. It looks like filler afterwards. Yes. It looks like people had filler. Really well-placed filler. Yeah. M-Face is by far, I think, one of the greatest inventions in this industry at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great because it's pain-free and it's effective. I just think I haven't ever seen any device like M-Face where it basically lifts everything back up, mm. restores volume, reduces submental fat, treats aging in such a short period of time yeah. with, yeah, it's just great. And it's such a simple concept too. Yeah. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of machines I think that try to go too above complex. and beyond. Yeah. yeah. And it, you don't have to, it, yeah. if it works, it works and that's yeah. all you need. So, so that's M-Face. That's my choice for that layer. There's another modality called HIFU, yes. which treats the deeper layer as well. And that's a, using ultrasound energy to target the muscle. And again, you're trying to achieve the same result with that type. Right. So they kind of work in a similar way. Similar fashion, yeah. yeah. So I would say those are on par. So you could potentially choose one or the other because yeah. they're the same modality. Okay. And then a level up from that. Yeah. What's that? So level up from that is where you've got your fat layers. And so this is where you're not treating just the fat, but you've got fat and dermis, I suppose, the deeper layers of the skin. This is where we start to treat multiple layers at once. Now, you can treat with dermal filler for volume. So that's going to treat that atrophy, as I mentioned, of the fat pads and atrophy of subcutaneous fat as well. But the layer above that, the dermis, is what you're going to be treating with your RF microneedling. Right. Radio frequency. And so how does microneedling RF, I know we've spoken about it in previous podcasts, but for those who haven't listened to those, what does microneedling RF do and how does it treat those concerns? Okay. So microneedling machines typically have a 24 pin tip on the end and all of those needles go into the skin at once. They can go down to various depths. So you're going to dial in, your practitioner is going to dial in what depth to go to depending on your anatomy. Once the needles go in, and get to their target depth, they release a radio frequency signal and that it becomes heat. And so when you apply heat to those tissues, they contract. It's like with an egg, when you cook an egg, 
the proteins of the egg. Shibble the up. egg white, yeah, yeah, shrivels up. So that's exactly what's happening to the deeper tissues. And what you want is to get all of them tightened because if that tissue contracts, you get an overall tightened appearance and, yeah. and firmer appearance. The other thing that happens is the mechanical injury from the needles, and that stimulates your body to produce more collagen and elastin through the inflammation. Yeah, and so that's helping more superficially with like your fine lines, your wrinkles, pore size, and things like that. Yeah, so think about it with the needles going through, you are affecting all the layers down to the subcutaneous. So yeah. you're going through epidermis, that's where your pores are, dermis, subcutaneous, and the fat. You're not getting to that muscle layer. Yeah. So this is probably the biggest question I get asked because RF microneedling right now is probably the most popular cosmetic treatment Absolutely. people are getting. For sure. And and then when M-Face came in, everyone's like, why would I do, do that yeah. when I already have something that's so effective with RF? But again, it's my line, right? It's not this or that, it's this, this and, and that. that. Two different layers, yes. two targets. I think people, and I know I've done this before, like I love microneedling RF and I think it's such a great anti-aging treatment, but it doesn't do everything. Yeah, you definitely will see a phenomenal result yeah. if you're combining, you know, your M-Face or Haifu yeah. with your microneedling RF. And then on top of that, which I think I'm probably a little bit more experienced in, is very superficially. Yes. So like your regular facials mm. and your hydrofacial where they're working just, you know, lightly exfoliating the skin and infusing it with yep. antioxidants and ingredients. Like your skin just looks so hydrated, so glowy, so healthy. Right. And I think, again, previously people focus on the more advanced modalities without treating the very superficial yes. layers of the skin and you're not getting that youthful glow complexion to the skin. Well, that's right. You're going to invest all this money in the advanced treatments. And if you're not treating skin, if you don't have a basic skincare routine, yeah. you're not going to get the best out of the advanced treatments. Yeah. And then you've got your anti-wrinkle and your um, dermophil is what you were mentioning. Mm. And I think, in my opinion, doing those other treatments first and then seeing what canvas you're left with. And if you're needing to add, you know, jaw filler or chin filler, or if you want, you know, your lips done, then I think you can go in and add your derma filler and your anti-wrinkle treatments. Yeah. And I've always seen them as the enhancements. Yes. So I don't think you start with the enhancements. No. You kind of finish it off, similar to like your hydrofacial, you finish off those yeah. treatments with something that kind of makes things look better. Exactly. You get the face to a point where then you only need a little bit of yeah. those things. I want to talk to you a little bit about skincare. I was because, about to jump into that. I was like, oh, we're done with the treatments. Let's oh, jump into skincare. My because favorite thing. skincare to me is relatively foreign. Mm -hmm. I, I've always said to you guys, I never learned about skincare coming through med school, even through cosmetic training. That wasn't a focus of ours. There was some exposure to it in the different companies. But I think for the general public as well, a lot of them aren't that savvy, though they're yeah. getting better. Yes, I for sure agree. I actually think consumers are very savvy. And I think it's actually the doctors who aren't savvy. Mm. No offense, but I, no, feel I, like, I feel like there's this misconception that skincare doesn't do a lot. And in my opinion, it does so much more than you can possibly imagine. For example, this isn't aging, but for mm. example, I used to treat acne. Yeah. And I used to work alongside a dermatologist who would always push Accutane first. And I got incredible results just using topicals and kind of modalities within the clinic. And didn't even need have a need for Rakutane, for example. So yeah, I think skincare is similar to your hydrofacial, anti-wrinkle, and mm. demophila. It's accelerating your results at home. 
enhancing what you kind of are already doing in clinic. I think that misconception that skincare doesn't do anything comes from an expectation perhaps that it should be having the results of the more advanced treatments. Which, and that's it's not ever going to do that. And you're always going to require constant treatment with yeah. skincare because it's little bits over time. For sure. Like vitamin A, I think is the most well-researched ingredient. Mm. I think it's the one that has all of the actual data behind it to say that it actually changes mm. your skin. It's great for aging, acne, pigmentation. And if you use vitamin A, you will know you can see a, a difference in the skin. But I also think goes the same goes for like vitamin C. Vitamin C is great at brightening. It's a great terosinase inhibitor. But it's also really good at protecting against free radical damage, which is also an external form, like it can make you age. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So not only are we getting that chronic inflammation internally, it's it's coming externally as well. Yeah. My favorite ingredient though is vitamin B. I think it's so underrated. I think it's great for repairing your barrier. If you have an impaired barrier, again, you can see signs of aging. Like, you know, you get dehydration, you get fine lines and wrinkles. So yeah, I think skincare is great. I think I agree with you with that vitamin B is underrated because I, I'm probably guilty of not using it as regularly as I should. But whenever I do, I think, wow, I, why was I not yeah. using that before? Yeah. What do you think your favorite products are at the moment for anti-aging? Because it's at the forefront of my mind, the the new retinol. Bias Clinical. Clinical. Yeah. yeah. Very, very strong. So it comes in two strengths, as you know, the yeah. 0.3 and the 1%. I've been using the 1%. And I think what people need to be mindful of when they're using a retinol, any retinol, especially a strong one like this, is that you need to space it out. You need to sandwich it. You know, you need to just pay attention to moisturizer and sunscreen afterwards. Again, I think it comes down to skincare these days is so different to what it used to be and it is strong it is almost like a mini at-home treatment and you have to be careful mm. yeah i would say my favorite anti-aging is actually the skinceuticals is it the net tripeptide cream yes oh i'm obsessed it's with great that I i'm like oh wow who mm. am i and i feel like a lot of us neglect our necks so i feel like that's my favorite mm at the moment, anti-aging product, but I love obviously vitamin A. I love the Medicaid Crystal Retinol. I haven't tried the Is Clinical Retinol Emulsion yet, but I'm sure yep. I'll love that. There's, you know, as you know, I'm getting into formulations now and I've yep. been trying all these different things and, and some of the products that I've been sampling, I actually prefer to the big companies. Wow. So I think there's going to be some amazing stuff coming and... There's just so many, so many possibilities of the things you can add in. Cause you know, you've got your active ingredients, but, but then it's so all everything around that to, yeah. to build out a product. For sure. Should we wrap it up? I think so. All right. So. Perfect. No, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our socials. All of the information will be in the description bar below and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.